0: This is your Kick-Ass live Podcast, episode number 213.
1: And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen.
0: Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another podcast episode. We're still in our daily diaries, daily episodes where I am telling you stories and kind of putting it all together for you, lessons for you, not just to hear myself tell stories, And as always, first and foremost, I want to thank you for being here and sharing your time with me every day for the last few weeks and next week too. So if you heard my episode yesterday where I told you a story that was a humiliating moment for me that turned into rage and I was talking to you about what do we do with that rage and telling you my experience with it and what I do with it. I also mentioned that today's episode would be Sort of heavy for me as well, and yeah. <laughs> if you've been with me for a little bit, you know I I am um, one of the one of the things that I have sort of on my bucket list. I don't really have an official bucket list, but one of the things I want to do. I was talking to my friend Lori Harder about it, and I confessed to her on the air. Can't remember if it was on my podcast. maybe was on her podcast, and she was like, "Oh my god, me too. I want to do that too." And that is spoken word, and it's basically you read poetry that you've written. I used to write poetry when I was young, like a teenager, and then didn't do it for a long time. I I lost myself. I mean, if you guys know my story, I lost myself in my 20s and didn't write for a long time, years and years and years. And then um, I picked up the pen once too. It was my – my former mother-in-law's birthday or mother's day or something like that. And I wrote her a poem and I read it in front of the whole family and everybody was like, wow, that was really good. Like, it was like, I was like yeah, we didn't know that you could do that. And I was like, well, I haven't done it in a long time and I didn't know that I was actually any good at this. So that was really the only time I wrote, I think in that whole decade and then um, after that relationship fell apart, and I'm stalling, by the way, just in case anybody's wondering, I'm stalling right <laughs> now. Uh, of course, it's all important, though. But I, everything fell apart, and then I I picked the pen back up, or I should say the keyboard, and, and started a blog in 2008. And as they say, the rest is history. But I've never really considered myself a poet. And then when my dad died in 2016, that's all I wrote was... You know, as I maneuvered my way through that grief, it was poetry. And I always sort of thought poetry had to fit into a category where it was like it rhymes and it has perfect pacing and and but I guess that it doesn't have to be that way. I guess if you want to call it a poem, you can call it a poem. And that's what I am doing. I've read one other poem to y'all. Um, I know so many of you messaged me that you loved it, and thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's called "You Are Magnificent." We will drop that episode in the show notes if you're interested in hearing it. And this one's a little bit different. I wrote this poem. Oh my gosh, at least a year ago, and I it was one of those pieces of writing that I did. And when I read it back to myself, I was like, "Damn, that's that's got some that's got some kick behind it." And a lot of emotion is what I'm trying to say, and I read it to. I sent it to one of my friends, my friend Carrie, who's also a writer, and I trust her implicitly, and she loved it. And then I, you know, what what I what almost came out of my mouth right there, <laughs> what I said. She, you know, she said she loved it, and I almost said, but she may she might have just been saying that. <laughs> She's my friend. No, I don't think I know her well enough to know. She would have had a different reaction if if she just kind of liked it. And then I was brave enough to read it. I went to LA um on my book tour and had dinner with some friends of mine, Lori and Chris Harder and Christina Dunbar. She's been on the podcast. She's amazing. And a few a handful of other people. And I was, we were talking about poetry. And I said, I have one that I'm I'm really, you know, I'm thinking about reading it on my podcast and I'm really nervous. And of course, everybody was like, read it. So I read it, and then my friend Samantha Skelly, she's also been on this podcast. She was in the bathroom, and she came. She walked up midway through me reading this, and when I was done, she was like, that was amazing. Who wrote that? And I was like, I did. It was like such a moment of, of, um, you know, there's really something to be said when you are proud of something, and you put your whole heart into a piece of art, and the people that you care about like it. And it it really is, I I never have experienced it quite like this, just creating something from your experiences and from your heart and your soul and your emotions, and then putting it out into the world. That is some of the scariest stuff we'll ever do. It's basically telling our stories from an artistic standpoint, and it is still somewhat terrifying for me. And like I was saying in yesterday's episode, I've been procrastinating on this all week, especially this And I keep telling myself, no, I need more time because this needs to be edited because I haven't, I have barely edited it. And I keep telling myself things like that. And then I'm like, you know what, you know, what would I tell one of you? What would I tell one of my clients? I would tell you just to put it out there to start before you're ready because we can procrastinate and perfect and it just, it's never going to be what we exactly want it to be. And Me walking my talk and me raising hell in my own life is about putting things out there to you so that, hopefully, it inspires you and gives you permission to do the same, whether you start a podcast and do it, or a blog, or on your Facebook status, or just to yourself. That is just as amazing and big. Create art. Create something from your experiences, and for me, this helps me process stuff, you know, life stuff. Okay, big deep breath. And also today, if you're if you're listening to this today, it comes out today is Thursday, February twenty second, and Raise Hell is open for registration, and the early bird price ends on Saturday. And I want to make sure that you get in on that if you are interested in joining it. I talked a little bit about uh, what the curriculum looks like yesterday. So the things that I didn't talk about uh, is that we are going to also be working on boundaries and hard conversations. When I did my book club, my free book club, One of the things that came up a lot, especially when people were reading and working on the people-pleasing chapter, was setting boundaries and having those hard conversations. And we are going to spend several weeks, or as long as you need, really, on that particular topic. And then we're also going to be talking about letting go and receiving. So what that means is letting go of old beliefs that you have about yourself, letting go of the person you think that you need to be. We're going to be digging into that, and then that allows room for you to let in – what you actually want, the woman that you want to be. The info page that will tell you everything is over at yourkickasslife.com slash raise-hell. I'm also going to be doing a Q&A video on my Your Kick-Ass Life Facebook page Friday, February 23rd at noon Eastern time. So if you want to either send in your questions or watch the replay to Get a feel if it's for you. There's so many of you that have joined. I'm so excited. We're going all the way until June. It's about an hour a week. I know I get that question a lot. How much do I need to commit to? Because I have so many other things that I have in my life and I, I don't want to um, commit to this and then not do it. And and I've, I've stretched it out for four months so that you can have plenty of time to consume all of the curriculum. There's four modules And then we have weekly calls where we're committing to whatever it is that you feel like you need to commit to. And then built-in accountability. That's one of the things that I'm so damn excited about is because (laughs) we can all have the best of intentions. We can all declare what it is that we plan on doing and that we commit to. But if nobody's holding us accountable, it's like, meh, (laughs) meh. I'm just going to quietly not do this. And then we end up feeling like shit about ourselves. I don't want that to be the case for you. So that's why I have made it four months long. I have put in the the built-in accountability. And this is about going back to basics. And the reason I'm calling it Raise Hell is because I feel like for a woman to declare what it is that she wants in her life, what it is that she is done tolerating, when she's ready to look at the work she actually has to do and does it... That is an act of raising hell in her life it's claiming your life and again your slash raise Dash hell the links are in the show notes for that info page as well as the page where I'm going to be doing the Q a jam on Friday <laughs> slash Andrea. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Andrea. Masterclass.com slash Andrea.
1: No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And so I guess I
0: cannot stall anymore. I've been successfully stalling for the last few minutes. (laughs) And what I've decided to do with this particular episode, because this poem is the way it is, I am just going to end And there's going to be silence at the very end. So it's not a mistake. It's just how we've decided to do this particular episode. So you won't hear my usual sign off um, to you out in cyberspace. All right? Here we go. Oh, wait, just kidding. One more thing. One more important thing. And that's this episode is not for children. I would not want to read this poem to my children until they're 13 or 14. So with that, let's get started. So this feels like, this feels like the first time that I played roller derby and like went out on the track and (laughs) feels like the exact same thing. So this poem is called My Resignation. Dear world, I'm resigning today. Resigning from the job I was given to make you happy and comfortable I don't remember even applying for this job, but nonetheless, it was handed to me. Somehow, somewhere, a story was bestowed on me and my fellow females that we have a job that is an ever-so-important one. That job has many rules and responsibilities. Here are a short list of the musts. We must smile. We must be pretty. We must be thin. We must be compliant. And the must-nots. We must not get angry, we must not age disgracefully, whatever that means, we must not use foul language, we must not show too much cleavage, we must not share our opinions too forcefully, and if we do share them, they should not offend anyone nor be disagreeable. And if we must say no, we must explain ourselves, apologize, and do whatever deems necessary to make the other person feel as comfortable as possible with our no." And as I turn in my resignation, I have three words for your rules. Fuck that shit. Because I'm done. These rules have been for you. These rules have morphed me into an unrecognizable rag doll that serves no purpose except to make you comfortable. These are not my rules. World, do you know what abiding by these rules has done? Let me paint you a picture. When I was 16, I was pinned down on a beach, sand in my hair, while a boy I was on a date with forced-opened my pants, shoving his hand down my underwear. When I told him no and to get off me, he said he thought that's what I wanted because I had let him kiss me. I liked him, and with his obvious frustration, I felt guilty and wrong for my decision to say no. He took me home, and on Monday at school, I heard the boys laughing and, Prick tease! yelled through the hallways at me while people stopped and stared. And whispered. I learned that day if I didn't follow the rules, if I dared say no, there would be consequences. When I was 17, my boyfriend shoved my head down to his crotch as I suppose an unspoken invitation to give him a blowjob. I wanted to say no, I didn't. I hated him while I did it, but I didn't want him to be mad at me. I knew how it went if I said no. When I was 20, I found myself lying under a guy I barely knew, saying the word no over and over again as he continued to undress me. I could have pushed him off me. I could have said no more forcefully, but having known the rules, I worried he would get angry. Call me names, or worse, fight back. So I relented to his advances and had sex with him, even though every being in my body screamed no, even though I acted like I enjoyed it, hoping that would help move things along, even though I hated myself while it happened, all in order to make him comfortable and to follow the rules. When it was over, I sobbed and ran to a payphone to call someone to pick me up. I knew how it went if I said no. This went on for another decade, saying yes to men I didn't want to, all in order to please them, to make them comfortable, to put their feelings before mine, to not emasculate them, to allow them to use my body as they so pleased. And this isn't just about sex. It's about everything we're asked to do. We all fist pump when we hear no is a complete sentence, but how many of us do it? When we're faced with the choices of saying no with no explanation or saying no while apologizing, thinking how we'll make it up to them, over-explaining our reasons, and praying to God they don't get mad at us or have their feelings hurt, we choose the latter— Because according to the rules, just a no isn't good enough. According to the rules, only bitches say no as a complete sentence. Well, world, I'd rather be a bitch than go against who I am as a human being. I'd rather be a bitch than let someone shove my face into their dick. I'd rather be a bitch than give in to sex while tears stream down my face and into my ears, staring at the ceiling, counting to 100, hoping he finishes quickly. My daughter... Is eight years old. No one told me growing up that I didn't have to follow those rules. No one told me that I could grow up and say no without apologizing, without agonizing, without explaining, without making up for it. And I'll be honest, world, it feels weird walking away from this job. I've had it my whole life, and it feels like trying to wipe my skin off something that's a part of me that I'm terrified to let go of. But if I keep this job, I'll go crazy. So with that, I
1: resign.